Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's Super Bowl 52 preview on the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Matty D and I break down the big game. We give our full preview of Eagles versus Patriots in Super Bowl 52. We look at every single matchup on both sides of the ball. Tom Brady versus the Eagles defense. Big Dick Nick Foles versus the Patriots defense. We also talk about Matty D's upcoming trip to the big game as he will be repping us at Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis. So you got to make sure to follow us on social media, ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. We also bring back the Beer Corner. Maddie D and I have tried out a few new beers as of late and want to share them with you. If you have any you want us to talk about, make sure to shoot us a DM and we'll be more than happy to mention it on the next pod. We also go over some prop bets and ones that you got to check out. But like I said, follow us on social media. You're going to want to follow along with Matt's trip to the big game. Go Eagles and enjoy this week's episode. And we are live. Welcome to the Super Bowl 40 or 52. I keep fucking this up. Preview. Here on the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, and with me, of course, with his Eagles gear fully decked out, my man, Matty D. What's up, buddy? It's like it's like the best weekend ever. I'm so excited. I'm so fired up, man. I mean, it's just gonna be it's gonna be unreal, incredible, and um, it's been too long, obviously, since we. Th- Philadelphia fans have had this moment and I got to tell you watching the Pro Bowl this past weekend and the skills competition it was great not to see a single Eagles green helmet on the field anywhere man it was uh it was fantastic and I'm just I'm just fired up and uh god I, I honestly I mean the work week honestly the work week has flown by for me I was nervous I mean it's always Wednesday but first three days like just I'm just ready I'm just ready to get to it I'm ready for Sunday I need to see him on the field again. I've missed him. You know, this extra week off is tough. Um, but man, it's gonna be it's gonna be otherworldly. I'm just I'm be over the moon. Uh, I'm so fucking excited. No, I cannot believe it. I the first two days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, went by incredibly slow. Today flew by, and now that it's we're through the hump, the rest of the week's just gonna f- just domino over, and all of a sudden it's gonna be Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, we'll talk about what you'll be doing for the game. The only part that I think is going to come to a screeching halt is the fact that I'm going to the bar to watch the game and gotcha. to beat the crowd. We're going hours and hours and hours ahead of time. We did this for the NFC championship game, but the big key difference is that for the NFC championship game, you had the AFC championship game before that. Right now we don't really have anything to do except for maybe watch the golf. But that's, I mean, golf at a bar, not the most uh, exhilarating thing, especially when your heart's about to explode out of your chest before <laughs> potentially one of the biggest nights of your life or the city's right. life, I should say. I mean, yeah, I just. Second um, biggest night, I should say, if we're talking about Philadelphia, because the biggest is July 4th, 1776. But exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. 
I just, um, but, you know, I, I just think it's, uh, there's so much back and forth in terms of the interviews and press day and everything. I mean, it's just so far, it's been incredible. A couple you know, the, you know, is Gronk going to play, um, you know, everything. I mean, it's just been a wild week to listen to it all. By the way, I believe today is Doug Peterson's birthday. So happy birthday to him. It's um, some ice uh, cream. Exactly. Exactly. Fantastic. So pretty, pretty pumped up for that. I'm still incredibly nervous. I got to just say that right away. Nothing has really changed since our last podcast with Greg. Um, if you haven't listened to that, incredibly entertaining. Go listen to it. Finally getting the two of you together on the same podcast. Dream <laughs> come true. We're going to go into everything. You know, We've been trying to pump in other sports. Uh, we're not doing that tonight. So if you're coming to hear us talk about the Sixers or the Flyers, come back next, next week. week. Next week. Well, okay, we'll see, because next week the two of us may still be partying from the victory, so no promises, but next week, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You can tell bad radio, Matt can see it, and those watching on YouTube can see it. I'm just, I'm already, like, ready to pull my hair out just from stress. <laughs> I, But I'm so excited. I mean, I'm doing basically the same thing I've done every game. I, I'm not locked into the same location Juju, like third and girl is, because okay. I went to the, the divisional round. But going to the same place I watched the cha- NFC Championship, you know, good vibes, good vibes. But we got a lot to get into. I know we're going to break down unit versus unit. So do you want to start the Eagles offense or the Patriots offense versus the uh, other defense, Matt? I think let's start with the Eagles, and, and here's why. Uh, to me, that's going to be the Eagles offense, I'm sorry, versus the Patriots defense, because I actually sure. don't think that's even the biggest storyline in this game. Personally, I think it's the other side of the um, – the other side of the ball, it's the bigger storyline. Anytime Brady's on the field, it's the bigger storyline. But I'll just start right away. Eagles offensive line versus a Patriots defensive line. Who gets your edge here in this regard? Yeah, so that, that's actually a really good question. I have gone back and forth about this. I'm going to give it to the Eagles just because of the fact they've played so well up until late. Uh, but that's not to overlook the, the Patriots defense. It's incredibly talented. And could, depending on how the the Eagles come out, uh, the Eagles, the Patriots defensive line could give some trouble and run some schemes. Matt Patricia, of course, you know, great defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Um, Trey Flowers, I mean, he's probably one that that I would look at. I mean, he's going to give Lane Johnson a run for his money. But Lane Johnson, as we've seen in the last two years, suspended Lane Johnson versus on the field Lane Johnson. Makes all the difference. So I, right. I would key in on that and see how that goes. Uh, their other their other defensive end, Eric Lee, against Big V is one that's probably going to be talked about a lot, but Big V's played incredibly well as of late. So I feel fairly confident in him, but I'm going to give a slight edge to the Eagles' offensive line just for how dynamic and quick they can be off the ball. Right. I, I definitely think it's a strong positive against the defensive line in particular. I'm going to I'm gonna lump James Harrison in with that defensive line. No. I think he's a little bit of an X factor, and I, while I do think he's a really smart player and intelligent, you know, he can, you know, there's a reason he wasn't starting for the Steelers. Um, they've got a bunch of guys who I think are good but not great. Malcolm Brown, Lawrence Guy. Uh, Dietrich Wise, you mentioned Trey Flowers and Eric Lee, and then James Harrison. These guys are are very good players, but I don't think any of them are blowing you away players. What they are good, though, is against the run. They're very intelligent, as you'd expect from a Matt Patricia defense. So while I think against the pass, we have a huge advantage, 
against the run, it's a little bit mitigated in that regard. That's that's what really concerns me is the fact that you're going to be keying in, especially early on the Eagles off or the Eagles mm-hmm. running game. That if it doesn't get established quickly, that's what concerns me. Because um, then you you're almost forcing Nick Foles to start getting this together and get into that rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the wrong approach to it. Right, right, right. But I but I do think we have been so solid across the board, if not exceptional. We have multiple pro bowlers and all pros on the offensive line. We should win that battle in the trenches, which I think brings you to the next question or the next position battle, which is the Patriots linebackers versus the Eagles running backs, in particular in space. So whether it's J.J. or Corey Clement, Clement getting the ball on the outside or even getting to the second level, you know, who wins this battle? And um, so, I mean, I'll just tell you right away yeah. that I think the Patriots linebacking core is the weakest part of their defense. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah, David Harris is older, loved him, and former Michigan guy, had a number of great years with the Jets. Savvy, smart, but how great is he? Kyle Van Noy is uh, always been a player that I've liked, but not going to flash too much for you. And then uh, um, Roberts uh, – Landon Roberts, I believe his name is, is nothing special. So I definitely think if there's an area for us to go after them, both with our running backs and our tight ends, it's it's got to be against that linebacking core. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think if you can take advantage of it, spread it out a little bit, um, kind of jumping the gun, but looking at the wide receivers too, and you can kind of mix that in, kind of really shuffle mm-hmm. it around that. That Zach Ertz, I'd lump in with with the running backs against the linebacking corks. That's really an a man-to-man right. defense that's just going to be going to be guarding Ertz. I mean, I think if you can really get creative with the scheme, uh, I think there's some room to really run. Not to be punny, but some room to really work with in terms of a uh, you know get it, getting this kind of spread out and, and opening it up for the the rest of the wideout crew. Uh, against that secondary, which I'm sure we're going to jump to in a second, but well, I mean, yeah, we, I, I think go, that's go, go. a bit of a wider gap I would give to the Eagles, uh, the Eagles running backs and tight ends, than over the linebackers than I would the uh, offensive line versus defensive line. Right, right. No, I um, I definitely think that, but I mean, we can jump right to it. I think the next matchup I would say would be the safeties. So in this case, Devin McCourty okay. and Patrick Chung, because. They've got a couple. They've got a couple people they're going to match up against. But I would say, how do they match up with both Ertz? Because they'll get a little coverage and zone there, and the sure. running backs out of the backfield. So, like you know, McCordy and Chung, and even Duran Harmon, who's a pretty underrated, excellent player there for them in terms of their scheme. Those three guys versus Ertz versus uh, Ajayi versus Blunt in the open field, which is a tough guy to tackle, and and Corey uh, uh, Clements. So who do you think has the edge? In that matchup, there, I might give a slight edge to the safeties just because they have a good amount of experience. Um, mm-hmm. You made a good point about Blunt being tough to tackle. I think it kind of comes. I mean, obviously, it's a team game, but it comes back down to how well can the Blunt portion of the Eagles' offense that run game you know really get it going? I think Ajayi is a lot more likely to to have a better start to the game. Um, and I think they, you might be able to give him, you know, short to medium gains. I don't know necessarily about long gains on them. Cause I think, especially if you're, if you're coming out in zone and having interesting schemes coming out, the, those safeties, they're going to be knowing what they're doing. I, and it's something that just tells me they're going to, they'll have the slight edge there. So I'm going to give that one to the Patriots. 
Um, but it's close. I mean, it's a it's a close close call for me. What about you? So I I, I think it's really tight here. If Darren Sproles is on the field. I don't think it's even a question. Um, no, I agree with that. I, I would tell you I would lean towards Devin McCourty more so than Patrick Chung, who I think you can expose. Mm-hmm. But McCourty to me is still an All Pro caliber player. Um, so I think he has an advantage there um, when it comes to tackling these guys. And as good as I think Ajayi can be with catching the ball, that's not his elite skill. And Corey Clement's still pretty young. So to me, that's something that to, to look at. I think that's going to be a matchup that slightly favors. But I'd actually, honestly, I'd probably call it a draw. I'd just say, look, they're going to match up well. They're both going to make plays both ways. No, no I like um, that a lot. So, so we move yeah. then – to is it corners and wide receivers? Corners is that we're moving to receivers? Next? And I think you have to really look at this. It's Stefan Gilmore and Malcolm Butler and Eric Rowe yep. versus Jeffrey Smith and Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we look at them as a package. I'm going to give the edge to the Patriots. Their the talent totally. is immense on the outside. Yep. So I think as a full package, they, these guys can negate Tory Smith, although we've seen them have some communication issues, but they've gotten much better at that. I think the spot where we win, though, is at the is at the slot corner position because I think Nelson Aguilar can take away one of our old friend Eric Rose. You know, he, he's faster than Eric Rose. So let the corners on the outside let him let Stephon Gilmore and Malcolm Butler shut down Alshon Jeffrey and Tory Smith. Let's nope. let Nelson Aguilar get involved and see what he can do against a slower Eric Rowe. And behind him, they really don't have a lot. So they're going to struggle. Like They don't, they don't have a fourth guy, really, that's going to step in and play well. They lost Cyrus and Jonathan Jones. They're two yeah. young corners they were hoping to fill in there. Um, no. So no, I would agree with that. Do you think uh, – let me ask you this. Do you think Mac Collins gets in and makes any sort of impact? Because we haven't really seen a lot of right. him. But I think he could. I mean, he could be some type of X factor shuffling him into the mix. Yeah. Especially if Torrey Smith doesn't get it going early. I, I have a feeling we could see a little more of Matt. I would like to see a little bit of him as well. Um, you know, yeah. so Stefan Gilmore's a very physical corner, is gonna play right in front of you. Probably will match up with Alshon Jeffrey, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, that'll leave Malcolm Butler against Torrey Smith. Butler kind of plays a I, I really like Malcolm Butler. His style of play is he likes to be he likes to trail his receivers. So so he can he has such good catch up speed. Normally, when a ball's in the air, the receiver loses about a quarter of a step, and Malcolm Butler can make that up. Also, they use the deep safety coverage to assist there. So they're going to probably put him on Torrey Smith. Mac Collins does he have a little bit of an extra gear? I don't know. The other positive though is that if if Ertz and Aguilar can do some damage over the middle, it'll force their safeties to be up a little tighter, which may let you give up a big may allow Malcolm Butler to give a big, big play. So watch that matchup in terms of taking a couple deep shots against him because he has a tendency to trail receivers on purpose because that's kind of the way he covers. But still think those two give you the plus barely over our receiving core. Although, yeah, throw it to Alshon, he'll catch it. You know, so um, the lot. La- I have two more matchups here on the offensive side. The next one is okay. what I would call the on-field on-field leader versus the on-field leader. So it's Nick Foles versus Devin McCourty. These are two okay. guys that are going to be challenging each other. And, and I know, you know, Kyle Van Noy is probably going to, and Roberts are probably going to call some plays there. But in terms of your leader versus your leader going head to head, it's a chess match on the field in terms of audibles and, and knowing where to move guys around. So who do you think has the advantage between Foles and McCourty in terms of, uh, or I would say just say on field leadership 
uh, between those two? I would say McCourty again from the experience and having been there, uh, especially in a, a bigger, you know, bigger game scenario. Okay. Um, not to say that Foles hasn't been no, a great no, no. leader for the Eagles. Uh, I just think you, you can't beat experience, especially Super Bowl experience. Yeah, I, I would agree um, with you there. I, I you know, I, I think yeah. Nick Foles is a, is a savvy vet, but I don't know his uh, his uh, at the line of scrimmage adjustments can beat what Devin McCourty does. But I also don't think that the Patriots play a lot of difficult schemes. You know, they they tend to be a we're going to show you what we're going to do, and we're just going to do it better on the on the defensive side of the ball. They don't get too cute a lot with what they do. Um, my final matchup is Dougie P versus I'm going to say Matt Patricia, but it's really Patricia slash Belichick because he does a lot with the defensive backs. So who do you give the edge in terms of play calling in the Super Bowl between those two? I might call it a push, but I'd give the slight edge probably to Patricia again for okay. the experience factor. Okay. Uh, but Dougie P's gotten – I mean, he's done his homework for a lot of these different matchups that we've seen coming down – and into the Super Bowl, so I wouldn't doubt him. Uh, so I'll probably give a slight edge to the Patriots, but you know, ever, ever so slightly, because uh, Doug Peterson has, has been able to evolve, especially throughout the playoffs as well. Right. I I think it's a um, I, I it's a it, you make a great point there um, because they have all the experience, and I know that. But hey, so does. Doug Peterson under Andy Reid. I'm going to tell you, and I'm I'm a big Matt Patricia fan. I, I think uh, we're thinking. Where was he going to? Titans, Lions, Lions. Okay, Lions are getting a great pickup there. I'm going to give the edge and a surprise to Dougie P in this case. I think what he's been able to do in terms of really after that Chiefs game way back, I'm very impressed with. Um, okay. So now, so it, you say Patricia slightly. I'll say Peterson slightly. If if I take Peterson, the Eagles win out. If you take Patricia, the the um, uh, the Patriots win out. But I think it was really tight the whole way through. I do have to ask. Um, yeah. So our buddy is listening. Paul mentioned. Uh, look at their package. I'm not sure if that's a crude joke or something involving some some kind of uh, scheme package. So I'll see if he says anything back to us in this case. Um, yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll assume he's being serious and look at their schemes. So. You know, Paul, you make a very good point. Matt Patricia's very he's very schemy. He'll you know, he can he'll uh he'll he'll get my edge if you get my drift. Oh, he's quoting me apparently. Never mind. So he's quoting my words. He's using my words against me. Typical New England fan. You know, doesn't know a lot, but just his words. Like he knows a lot. Right, exactly. words. right, right. Um I think before we jump to the big matchup, let's quickly run through the special teams. Okay. Now, I got to tell you, I like Donnie Jones, but I couldn't tell you two things about their punter or our punter. So let's skip punters for a second. Let's go to kicker versus kicker, Elliott versus Goskowski. Basically, experience versus the youth. Swagger. The youths. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Can the boot of Jake Elliott step up to the plate? And we know Gaskowski can, but can Elliott? That's really yeah. the, that's what it comes down to. I think the edge has to be Gaskowski. I don't know how you don't give no. it to him. I mean, he imagine a team. So, so we always talk about how great it is that like the Colts went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, or the Packers went from Aaron uh, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. How many teams go from Adam Vinatieri to Stephen Gaskowski? That is like that's like 
I'm a little jealous of them in that case. They've really not had any kicking woes for better part of like two to three decades now. That's and, not like David like, Akers to Alex Henry. Right, right, right. So um, makes me, yeah, right. Makes me makes me chuckle slightly when you see that. Um, in turn, you know. So I, I just wanted to touch on that briefly. I thought um, because I want to give due to the kickers because I think they both they both could come down to it. I think the positive for the Eagles is. Elliott's made big kicks, never on this stage, but he has that kind of range. So we'll see what happens, um, and we'll go from there. Uh, but let's just jump to the, really the matchup. I think that I think this is where the Super Bowl is going to be decided, um, and that's the Patriots Timmy. offense. Timmy Brady, golden boy, versus one of arguably the best defensive line in football and one of the best defenses in football. Um, and we'll just go down the same list. I mean – Patriots offensive line versus Eagles defensive line. Maybe a key matchup, or, or, or who do you think has the edge? Uh, I'll leave that to you because this, to me, might might decide the Super Bowl. I agree. I think it does decide the Super Bowl. And a big thing that a lot of people have talked about coming into this is how have the Patriots, specifically Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, how have they lost their two Super Bowls, both to the New York Giants, and it's – came down to their great defensive line, including great defensive ends that pressured Tom Brady, made him throw it quick, which, you know, we're not doubting Tom Brady's ability to throw it quick, but they were able to consistently apply that pressure. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you hundred percent. This is what it comes down to. I think on the Nate soldier and really whoever you want to put in at the right defensive end, whether it's Vinnie Curry, Derek Barnett, you're sending in Nigel Bradham, uh, I know he's a linebacker, but he's flying in. I mean, I think kind of just continuously chipping him, throwing in some schemes that we've seen Jim Schwartz do all season. I've referred to it basically as a hockey team. You're rolling lines of right. different players. Um, not to continue Paul's crude jokes there, but uh, package. You know, basically you're rolling hockey, t- you know, hockey lines here. Um, you know, whether it's Derek Barnett, who's had an awesome really last what eight games um then up then in the middle you have timmy jernigan who should be healthy to play he didn't practice on wednesday uh he'll play he'll play yeah he's not missing this shit that's the same thing with gronk needs to pass concussion protocol he's playing uh but bo allen's still great then you have brandon graham and chris long at the left defensive end i mean literally you could flip-flop them and you're not really losing anything Mm -hmm. the the sacks above replacement if you want to just throw in some sabermetrics to it it's not that big of a difference between it so i mean the fact that you can consistently do that and again it it just comes down to really just getting that applying the pressure really coming in uh but we're going to talk about the linebackers versus the running backs and tight end which makes which we'll get to in a second but that makes some of the blitzing scheme which we're kind of getting a little deeper off the the question um, it right. makes it a little more nuanced, but I'm still going to give the line to the Eagles or the edge right. to the Eagles defensive right. line. Well, it's definitely the one thing that, and you mentioned this before, no matter how, how good or smart your quarterback is. And, and I'm not, I'm not taking this away from anybody, but a great defensive line. Brady knows that those four guys are coming every time. Yep. So he, you can't stop that. It's not, there's no, there's no trickeration with the pass rush. It's just four guys coming at you can they get through your line i will say this i don't well i think that our line is a positive and they're going to beat the 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 patriots defensive line offensive line if they have to go if they have to defend brady 
for longer than two to three seconds. Um, Nate Solder is an excellent left tackle, although I do think, you know, a guy like Derek Barnett, Vinny Curry, Brandon Graham, and um, and Chris Long can beat him. The center, I want to give the center of this line props. Um, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Joe um, Joe, uh, Joe Thune are, are excellent up the middle. Now, they're going to have their hands full against arguably the best interior pass rush with Cox, Jernigan, and then Brandon Graham sliding on the inside. And, and Bay, I, know, I know Allen is there, but I'm going to give it to Brandon Graham, really. They're going to have their hands full, they're, but they're an excellent line, uh, center of that line. So I, I think the Eagles win, but it's not as devastating as you'd expect. To me, it's the right tackle position. Cameron Fleming is okay, but he's no Matt Light or, or some of these other guys they've had. I know Matt Light was left tackle, but he's not an, an excellent left tackle or right tackle like the Eagles even have. So if you're going to beat him, beat him there. Get Brandon Graham or Chris Logg or Derek Barnett lined up over him and go to town on him and see what you can do. So I give the Eagles a win there, um, but I, I do want to give props to the center of that offensive line. They're pretty good. Now they have Definitely. zero depth, zero depth. So if they lose anybody, they're in a lot of trouble. And same with the Eagles, but um, yeah, that's a lot of offensive like, lines. Right, right. I mean, I mean, I I like Chance Warmack or maybe even Isaac Semuau better uh, than the guys that they're bringing off. Uh, you know, Ladarius, uh, oh, for sure. Adrian Waddle, and and other guys. But yeah. Um, so I guess the next matchup is really quick Pat- before we move on to that. I just okay, have to go, ask go, go, go. you a question. Yeah. So bit of news if you haven't heard it. Brett Favre is the keynote speaker the night before the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Do you know who was one of Brett Favre's defensive ends? I'll just I'll answer the question. It's Reggie White. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Go on, go on. So, reason why I bring this up: Do you know who broke his record at Tennessee? Oh, Derek Barnett, of course. Do you think Brett Favre is just going to see Reggie? in his face and just give him just all the, the, the Packer magic, the, the juju. Is he going to send it his way? I hope he does yeah. because we I could use a little Reggie White and Derek Barnett. Exactly. We could use a little bit of that. So yes. No text messages. <laughs> no text hugs. Hugs. <laughs> I mean, he's been that good. I've been blown away by uh, by Barnett this season. I, I liked him a lot out of college. I didn't hate the pick like some of us, some of our friends or, or, or other people did. But I, um, no, I was. I mean, I, we don't need to relive this, but or rehash it quick. I was there at the Rocky Steps when the pick came across, and as soon as as soon as it's announced, Derek Barnett, there was a collective who, oh. not not like a surprised oh, like the Bears picking Mitch Trubisky, but right. Oh, like this, the place went flat. It's a boring anyway, though. Pick. It's a boring pick, just like Malcolm Jenkins was a boring signing in free agency a few years ago. Well, guess what? Not that boring now. Um, our next matchup is a critical one, and uh, it's the running backs in the running game versus our linebacking core. So we're looking at mostly Deion Lewis, a little bit of Rex Burkhead and James White. Mike Gillisley probably will be inactive if I had to guess. Um, he's in battling injury anyway. Who do you give Bradham and Kendricks? I won't even add the other two uh, other guys. So Bradham and Kendricks versus Lewis, Burkhead, and White in the running game specifically. Specifically in the running game, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Patriots running backs just okay. because they are versatile. And James White plays incredibly well in the playoffs. That's Not true. Not necessarily yeah. the best fantasy running back for, you know, looking ahead to 2018, mm-hmm. but – 
The playoffs, James White. Fantastic. Okay. Great. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I don't expect our running our rush defense to tail off at all. And yeah. I, I think it's a hard one to match up because we have to remember how good our defensive line is against the run. That's they have the, the thing. Ability. The defensive right. line is going to be the bigger impact than the, right. the linebacker. They have our, they, the defensive line has the ability to both rush the passer and contain the run, which is mostly that's mostly what the difficulty exactly. is of a defensive line. I would give the edge of Hendricks and and um, Bradham against the running game of Lewis and and White and Burkhead. I think they'll stuff the run. Um, so I give them the edge, or I expect them to stuff the run in this case. Um, yeah, I, I think they will. A little no, bit. I understand that. Well, we'll get to the next question. But to me, this that question is nearly irrelevant. It's the next matchup that's going to be critically important, and that is the 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 running backs. I'm not even going to include Gronk here, so that's going to be a different question. The running backs versus the safeties and linebackers in the passing game, because this is where the Patriots, this is their bread and butter, yeah. what Brady does so well. Um, and it's all about one-on-one matchups here. Yeah, the fact about, that you added right? safeties is going to make me push it, because I think it's, Malcolm it's, Jenkins becomes right. the X factor. Yeah. And when I mean safeties, I do mean just Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. It's, not, it's nothing against Roddy McLeod, but he's our deep guy. Jenkins yeah. is our box guy. So yeah. it's this This is going to be a monumental effort for the Eagles here. Can they tackle Lewis and White and Burkhead in the open field on one-on-ones? Because that's what Brady does best. He hits his, his running backs in stride as they come out of the backfield, and they make guys miss. Yep. So th- him and I think – We'll probably see Kendricks on more blitzes than Bradham, so it's really Ken, it's really Jenkins and Bradham making one-on-one tackles on the outside on these little dump passes. And um, I'm going to say a push as well. It's so close. I want to give the edge to the Patriots because James White broke records last year in the Super Bowl with his pass catching. Lewis is not far behind, and Burkhead's been injured, so they really haven't seen a lot of him. But he's pretty talented as well. Yeah. Um, I just think Jenkins, and you know, specifically, will make the plays that he needs to make. He's been doing it for quite a while, but that is, to me, might be my deciding factor in the Super Bowl. Can we contain their passing game to the running backs? I was thinking that same thing. It's a big, big difference maker. I would say more so is probably the next one we're going to get to with Gronk, but okay, it's a big yes. part of it. Um, that that that's really like you said. It's their bread and butter. It's it's right, right. a lot of what the we'll, game's going to come down to. A lot of third yeah. downs. Yeah, we'll get to Gronk in a second. My next matchup is the corners versus the wide receivers. So I'll give you the way I see the individual matchups probably playing out. Um, I it's tough to know because we probably will keep our guys on either side, but it's going to be Darby on Brandon Cooks. It's going to be Jalen Mills on Chris Hogan, and it's going to be Patrick Robinson on Danny Amendola, and to a lesser extent, Philip Dorsett. But we'll, we'll ignore Dorsett for now. So of that, do you think overall, do you like the Patriot, are the Eagles corners or the Patriots receivers? I'm going to say the, the Patriots receivers. I've been a little less optimistic about the Eagles corners than you have been, and I think a lot of people have been. Not that they don't deserve credit. They absolutely do. I just think they can be a liability, and if there's anybody that's going to take advantage of them, it's Tom Brady. Exactly, yep. And I think the hard part is with Cooks and Amendola, their quickness is something that we get burned on with double moves. This is a special against Jalen Mills in particular. Um, I'd say Ronald Darby, too. He gives a lot of space in front of us. Yep. Mm -hmm. That really concerns me a lot. They're pretty good tacklers. 
they just they make they they're inconsistent, and it, it's a huge yeah. concern for me in this game. Let them get, let them have the five to seven yard slant. I'll take it. Let's figure other ways to get after him. Or yep. you got to be willing to drop everybody in coverage and just rush four. Um, yeah, I'm definitely concerned. They've got some talent, and I think Chris Hogan is another X factor. His intermediate route running ability is understated in this Patriots offense because Cooks gets you deep, Amendola gets you short. Hogan unlocks that that like ten to twenty yards down the field game. So like getting to the sticks, um, he's going to pull defenders away. If you forget about him, he's going to smoke you. So I'm with you. I definitely give the edge to the Patriots. The next matchup is the matchup we've been waiting for. It is Rob Gronkowski against all 50, 52 players on the Eagles because I'm not mm-hmm. sure who you mm-hmm. tried out to cover mm-hmm. him, other than mm-hmm. maybe Carson Wentz, who I think could put up a fight. Um, so who do you, it's so Gronk versus the entire Eagles team? Who do you got? Uh, it's Gronk. I mean, he's yeah. ah. he's probably it's the best tight end there. ever. <laughs> right. And the way you put it is is exactly what it is. I mean. You have to spy, at least spy, if not double-covered him. And when I say spy, I mean have man-to-man and then somebody else just watch what he does, uh, spy on him. Uh, mm-hmm. But what Gronk does, and you've seen this so many different times in this season alone, specifically the one I think of is the end of that Steelers game where it took two passes to Gronk over the middle where there was just single coverage and like that, the Patriots went from their own, let's just say it was their 20, I don't know where they started that drive, to the red zone in 30 seconds. If the Eagles aren't careful, and this is where the Malcolm Jenkins factor becomes incredibly important, because he'll probably be one of the guys either on him or watching him, that's where they can really start to incorporate a little bit of those swing passes, get James White get the rest of those running backs, get Chris Hogan involved, and really start creating a lot of mismatches that if the Eagles aren't careful, they can really get exploited by. And that's, I mean, I think that's, I don't know necessarily if it's more pivotal than the than the defensive line and how well they play, but it's, this is one of the most, it's top two in terms of matchups in this game and in, in terms of what how it's going to decide. Right, right. Well, there's definitely only a, um... I mean, there's only a few guys in the whole league that have ever been able to decently cover Gronk. One being like Eric Berry, one of the all-world safeties for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you can't, if Jenkins can't handle him early, or maybe Kendricks, but I don't even think that's a good matchup. Then you're going to have to basically bracket him with an over-the-top and an under kind of defender. He can beat that, but it's a little more difficult in that regard. But you got to be willing to be physical with a guy his size because, as great as he is, and I I do think he's the best to ever do it. Um, I do think he's injury prone, and I so I don't think he'll ever catch like a Tony Gonzalez or Jason Witten statistically, or even Antonio Gates. But so be physical with him. I mean, I, I hate to say this about him, but he has a huge laundry list of injuries. And I'm not saying I want to get anybody injured, but just beating him up a little bit, which is hard to do. It, it's one of the you just have to go to lower your shoulder and smack him a couple times to let him know. Once again, he'll run you over. So be ready for that, but you know that's what you're going to have to do. I'm with you, though. I think it's a Gronk victory there. Um, I think we know the answer to the next question, which is Malcolm Jenkins versus Tom Brady. Those are really the brains of the defense there. Uh, the leaders? Yeah, yeah, I think we can both agree it's, we're going Brady on that one. Yeah, the guy has five Super Bowl rings. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he beats anybody except for 
probably Belichick in that mm-hmm. in that versus question. Right. Now the next question is our boy, Jim Schwartz, first Wonder Kid, not really Wonder Kid anymore, but Wonder Kid once in a day, future Col- uh, Indianapolis Colts head coach Josh McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know it's really it's really McDaniel slash Brady in this case because they do a lot of work together. Who do you like in the coaching matchup here? So I actually do like Jim Schwartz more than Josh McDaniels. I think it's more the uh, you know the arrow than it is the bow. If you want to call Brady the arrow and you know McDaniels play calling the, the bow in the scenario, but yeah, I, I just think Jim Schwartz. We talked about it a little bit. He gets creative well enough that he can come up with a great plan, but it's as soon as you get hit and how fast you get up is obviously what's going to make the deal. But I think on paper, Jim Schwartz gets a a little bit of the edge there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I like Schwartz better. I think he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. Yep. Uh, The toughness he brings to his defense, the resiliency, they don't really change what they do uh, dramatically scheme wise throughout the game. They stick to what they do best. And they do, and they just rock and roll with it. So I'm going to give it that to you. So when I do the quick math, um, I have one, two, three, and a push. Uh, you have for for the Eagles, uh, which would beat the Patriots with their two uh, that I have here. Um, Is that on, you on offense versus defense? The Brady versus yes, uh, Patriots offense versus. Um, okay. I have them winning by one one matchup. You have the Patriots winning by one matchup. So either way, both sides were, were this close the whole way across. Um, so the looks of it to me is this might be a nerve-wracking game. The last thing I want to see is us be in the lead and Tom get the ball late, as good as I think our defense is. Yeah, that was um, a question I heard on sports radio when I was driving to hockey the other night of, would you rather have with two minutes on the clock? Would you rather have Brady with the ball up four, or would you rather be down four and give Nick Foles the ball? I don't know how you don't pick Nick Foles, and no. I think our defense is the best part of our team right now without Carson. But there's a reason Brady wears that. He has all the rings that he has. I, yep. I think you have to say Foles down four. Let's see what we can do. Um, and I'd also always rather have the ball late. I don't know if there's a good answer for that. I guess you know, let's make Nick win it. And if we don't win it, then it is what it is. If Brady beats us, we're going to be sick to our stomachs for decades and it's going to suck. Yeah. So I mean, look at the Falcons last year. Right. Brady never, got the ball. They never recovered. <laughs> and they never got back. Right. They never yeah. they never got the ball back. Nope. And they're the the Patriots defense knew it too. When they were still losing. They knew they weren't going back, back back out on the field right. unless they lost the coin toss. Now I recently rewatched that game just for no. fun, and I do have to say I do have to tell you something. Wow, the whole game you don't expect them to win. It's one of the most amazing uh, uh, amazing things I've ever seen. So, no. yep. Mm-hmm. So, we were. I mean, I remember watching it with you and you, me, and and Doctor Dan just talk, just saying like they have to score two tu- two touchdowns and two two point conversions to tie it. And the fact they were able to do that was absolutely out of control. Um, I read a couple different articles about the first Patriots Eagles Super Bowl. One's actually really good. It's on the Ringer, uh, talking about the difference of just football in the last 13 years. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go read it on the Ringer.com. Also, go read our articles, even though we haven't posted that much Super Bowl stuff. Stay tuned, though. Um, 
on thunderblogsports.com. But yeah, the last the last one, I mean, for one, the fact that there is still a fullback warms my heart. The I formation, for those that don't know, the quarterback, the for whatever reason named fullback in between the halfback, also known as running back, and the quarterback. Um and it's just not utilized anymore, but I digress. Um, I'm a sick fuck that way of just watching those games. But, um, you know, it's, I mean, I'm going to be, I've had heart attack city basically, basically all season. I've been incredibly nervous about every single game. So it's not even a, Oh, I had a feeling like this for the Vikings game that I can right. rely on, but just make yeah. it, let's make it Sunday. I don't want to work the next two days. I don't want, <laughs> I'm going to the Flyers game on Saturday and I just want, I want the Super Bowl. Give me the Super Bowl time. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just sounding like a whiny bitch there. I apologize, okay. listener nation, but I know what I want. I'm a man that, that you know, clear, clear mind. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. Um, so I will, I will let everybody know, and I know Jordy was going to talk about it, I, that we will have an official Thunder blog um, business trip to the Super business Bowl. Trip. I'm not um, on it, but business I'm very, trip. Very blessed to have the opportunity to go, and I will be there. Hopefully, get some great pictures for the for the blog on Instagram and and elsewhere, and um, be very excited to go out there and um, you know hang out with Carson and the team and stuff. No. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. I'm I'm fired up. So I leave Friday, and I'll be out through the weekend, and um, it's going to be incredible. And you I can't get, wait but... to celebrate Sunday night, Monday parade tuesday wednesday thursday friday just forever basically knock on wood knock on wood knock on wood knock on wood wood. look uh, what am i look here's the thing we're playing the patriots arguably the best dynasty of all time okay so at this point can we jinx ourselves any more than facing the best dynasty in arguably the history of sports as we talked about last week giving them bolton board material matt Oh, please. You look, you know what? There's plenty of bulletin board material to go There's around. There's two viewers right now, and one of them's Tom Brady. He's really <laughs> upset. I'm really nervous if you can't tell from the tone of my voice. I understand. I understand your nervousness, but I'm pretty fired up. Get some nice food, some beer, and go from there. Yeah. I'm gonna, what's, what's good Minnesota cuisine? I wish I could give a stadium snack for this. Maybe that's something next week, a segment for next week. Yes. Here's what I'll do. When I'm out there, I'll see if I can yeah. find something that's that's Minnesotan, and I'll yeah. bring it back. I'll also see if I can get a good Minnesota beer, and we'll discuss that uh, the next time we're on, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Assuming we have time. Um, I will say, because we haven't done a beer corner on the show in a while, and we're going to do one in a little bit. I finally have the Dallas Sucks. Uh, Cavs Rittenhouse had it on tap for a while and recently nice. ran out, which stinks. It's good. It's a good IPA. I enjoyed it a lot. If you have an opportunity to get it, especially if you're in the Philadelphia area, enjoy it. It's a great beer, especially if you're into the uh, the IPA game, if you will. Little, you know, little hint, uh, like a lot of India Pale Ales, a little hint of fruit. You know, I need to have one to uh, try it instead of uh, one of our generic light beers here, which if you're watching YouTube, you can see which one. I don't think I can say it on the podcast without getting sued, so I won't. Yeah, don't say it. I don't want. I don't want you to get sued. But I mean, I'll look. I'll jump right into it. I just recently bought an IP, uh, uh, a brewery, a little little uh, variety pack, if you will, uh, one I haven't had in quite a while. Really, really, really liked it. It was the uh, it's Red Hook Brewery out in Washington. Uh, this included uh, four beers. There was their uh, American Pale Ale, which I, it was very good, but nothing to write home about. But their three IPAs I particularly like. The Long Hammer IPA was fantastic. Okay. 
but it was really the next two that really caught my attention. The first was the Big Ballard, and it sounds like its name. Uh, this was quite the brew. Uh, it is an Imperial IPA, 8.6%. Uh, definitely gives you that whole shebang of you know what you're gonna what you're gonna taste. Um, and hit you right in the mouth. Loved it. Was really really good. Um, they also have interesting bottles at the brewery. Uh, from the brewery, but they have one right here, a little smaller than the normal bottle. Um, but though fun to drink in that regard. But Big Ballard was fantastic. They also had their special release right now, which is their Bi Coastal IPA. Ooh. Kind of a fun take. So it's a combination of both um, New England and Tropical West Coast. So hazy New England versus and uh, combining combining that with Tropical West Coast. So you got a little bit of what you were talking about, that like pineapple, um, hoppy flavor to it uh, with with a little bit of dryness as well that you get from the East Coast. So one of the better beers I've had um, in a while. I loved it. Cool little bottle with an octopus on it. Uh, nice. So good. A really good beer. Uh, 7.1%. So a little less in your face than the Big Ballard. Uh, but looking to, interested to pick up another case and to try to try some more there. Um, nice. So, uh, recommendation if you can find it. The one I didn't get. Apparently, they have a, a their winter beer is called Winterhook Dark Ale. Couldn't find that, but would love to try it at some point. Um, always like some of the winter brews, even though we're you know well we're in the middle of winter now, but um, yeah. we're eventually going to be back to Corona season here. But one I got to find there is a place to visit if I'm ever out in Washington. So not yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. Is it close to Seattle? or Is it closer to like yeah. Tacoma? No, it's in Seattle. It's in Seattle. It's in Seattle. Did you say that before yeah. and I just didn't hear you? Um, say that again? No, I don't know. I'm making fun oh, of myself. Okay. I think right. we'd, uh, kicking ourselves, if we didn't mention uh, before we wrap up the beer corner, the bet between Yards and Boston's own Harpoon. Great catch. Yeah. If For those unaware, Yards Brewery, a fantastic, fantastic brewery in Philadelphia, uh, recently opened up their new tap room right down the street from my apartment. Love it. If you haven't been, go. Uh, and if you come to the city, it's great. It's Fifth and Spring Garden Streets. Uh, they made a bet with Boston's own Harpoon Brewery that if the Eagles win, then Harpoon has to have yards on tap in their tasting room all day. I'm not sure which day, but I'm sure they'll they'll advertise it. Mm-hmm. So for you New Englanders, you can go try it. And the opposite happens. If the Patriots win, we get Harpoon at Yards Brewery. Um you know, not the worst consolation prize, I guess. I mean, obviously, a parade would be pretty fun. Knock on wood. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's a fun bet there. And I think that brings us right into one of my favorite parts of the Super Bowl, gambling. <laughs> and we get to talk about, because we're not going to make a pick on the actual line, um, which we talked about was really quick on it. We talked about before with the disrespect, and you know, when the Eagles were the home underdogs. The line's been moving because of markets. I just want to point that out. Anyway, prop bets. One of the most fun things. If you don't like football, you still like the prop bets because they're easy enough to make. Whether it's heads or tails, the color of Pink's hair, which we'll talk about in a second, the length of the national anthem, or even the more nuanced ones like cross sports. There's anything that you really want to bet, you can. Capitalism at its finest, Matt. And I want to go through a couple with you. Sure, let's do it. All right. So the I mentioned heads or tails. That's pretty easy. Um, there's also will the team calling 
heads or tails win the coin toss, which you actually make a little bit of money on instead of just 50 50. Um, the one that everybody always talks about every year, the national anthem sang by Philly's own pink, uh, it's favored to be under two minutes. I heard from a couple different people that Pink is a talented singer, and you know she has quite a range of vocals. So it's it's almost unpatriotic to think that she'll be under two minutes. I think the average has been around two oh eight. Um, so I'm gonna the, the over is uh, actually the over is the favorite minus minus one forty. So you're betting one forty to make a hundred there. Um, what color will Pink's hair be at the start of the national anthem? Probably more fun than the Gatorade, considering the Patriots didn't do it last year. And the Eagles, I think, have just been yellow for most of the season. Uh, and I say that because they poured it on him after the opening week. But we have a number of different options, which how Vegas came up with these combinations, I don't know. But you got pink slash red at plus 150. White or blonde, which that covers a large spectrum, but I guess it's just the lighter hairs. Uh, plus 175, 175. Uh, brown or black comes in at plus 400. Then you got blue or purple and a separate bet, green, but both are plus 500. I think, uh, you know, if you really are getting into it and you're really uh, scratching for one, that's a, that's one you can pull out at your Super Bowl parties. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. I like that. You got to give some people some Super Bowl, some Super Bowl feed when they're when they're hanging out. So they sound smart, you know. Yeah. One that I think is incredibly this this might be a good one to bet. Will Pink say Eagles before, during, or after the national anthem? Pink is from here. That's why this bet comes up. I mentioned that before. Um, same with Will she wear Eagles gear while singing? Oh. Both of the yeses are the the plus numbers so in other words you bet 100 and you make money uh bet 100 you get 110 for a yes on will she say eagles i think that's a mortal lock no is one minus 150 which i think is crazy will she wear eagles gears a little more intriguing um yes is bet 100 you win 200 okay. no is you have to bet 500 to win 100 um I feel like she'll probably dress a little classier, so no is probably a good lock there. But interesting one enough. Um, another one that's always shown is which quarterback will be shown, Tom Brady, Nick Foles. Brady's favored there, uh, which I think NBC broadcast, they're, they're probably going to give it to him. Um, this is a good one, and I think some of this is bullshit because it's Al Michaels, and he knows the the prop bets, and he'll usually fuck around with this, specifically the deflate gate game. The first game for Brady to be back against the Colts, he said to flake it for the over uh, purposefully. Um, but how many times will Carson Wentz be, be mentioned over under set at three and a half? I think that's an intriguing line. I, I might take the over there. I would definitely take the over there. Yeah. I might uh, take how many the times will be mentioned? Yeah. Okay. One and a half is the line. Um, I, I You know, I <laughs> – ooh. That's a good one. I think it goes with who wins. If the if the Patriots win, it's over. If they actually, you know what? It, it, I think it's over no matter what. Because even if they don't, over. I think they still show they still show and mention her enough. Right. Yeah, I think it's over. It's Especially over. with the whole Tom Brady's kid and W WEI thing. I think she's right. definitely getting shown enough. Yeah, I get I think the over. I take like three. I think three's a, yeah, I, I like three. Yeah, you win money there. It's exactly. plus one fifty. Right, yeah, right, right, right. God, there's so much, so many bets. 
Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm on the Bleacher Report site. If you just Google Super Bowl prop bets and you want to follow along with us, oh man, how many times will Janet Jackson be mentioned during the broadcast? The over under set at one and a half. Take the over. Take the over. I'm not sure they mention her. You don't think so? No, I think they keep that really quiet. I think they probably have some strict guidelines there. If I if, if I was one that I have that that I trying to find it again because I've scrolled away from it is who does Justin Timberlake bring out? to be a you know surprise guest and i'm trying to find this here so it's ti is the favorite at two to one uh, two to one jay-z's jay-z's next then beyonce jimmy fallon because they're friends i guess is up there uh janet jackson at 200 to one i might take that because i'm one of thinking that that he's not returning to the scene of scene of the crime of one of the most notorious live television events without some type of reference or bringing her on for retributions, so I, I I might take that. Yeah, but put five bucks, win a thousand. I don't know. They'd have to nice they'd they'd have to me. clear that though. Like I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, I'd love to. I mean, I was I was hoping he'd bring the Backstreet Boys back. But I mean, I'm sorry. In, wow. I mean, insane. Nope, nope. That's a hundred to one. You could bet on well, that. Well, apparently, they, apparently, one of the members said, "No, nah, it's not happening." But you never know. It could all be just a ploy. Or that's just Vegas getting fed money. Um, are there any other prop bets that you have uh, that are that are intriguing to you, Maddie D? Not any that I know. I always like just like making little bets about like, hey, will anybody return a kickoff or a punt, or is there anybody no. going to get a safety? You know, those are all those are all the things that I really like to bet. I I love listening to the prop bets, but I never I never bet on them. You know, I don't know well, why. Your dad does the great one. That's all the right. random occurrences. Which this is a fun one because we're unfortunately with Matt traveling out to Minnesota, we won't be doing this with Papa D. But Matt's dad will take like, oh, New England wide receiver catches three touchdowns, like rare yeah. occurrences like that. Like they'd have to almost be records, um, and everybody picks one. And if you if yours hits, you get a part of the pot. Uh, the crazy one was the 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 Seahawks Broncos one was will there be a safety first play of the game? I forget who had it. I think Evan did. Evan had yeah. no idea what that. Going on. Like, wait, I'm, winning? I'm winning what <laughs> like, yeah dude you're winning like, yeah, we're, it's good we're losing it's people good. There. go get money go get money yeah, go, yeah pick up your money get your money um yeah so no more prop bets there uh you're going to the game so you're going to report back on your snacks i'm going to a bar um probably have a cheesesteak at some point throughout the day um May or may not be on Broad Street afterwards, regardless of the outcome. So I'm still going to knock on wood, but I can't think of anything else. Do you have anything else you want to you want to do? No, uh, I mean that's really all I've Super got. I'm just fine. I just I'm with you. I just can't wait. I can't wait either. Like I said, I need it to. I just need it to be Sunday. Right. I, I could be still have two more days to work. At this point, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably a day and a half, maybe one day. Maybe you're listening to it Thursday night. Um. One I am excited for, uh, just a different note, is the the thirty for thirty that comes out Thursday night. The two bills, the That's Belichick, yeah. the Belichick parcels. They were showing some clips at it when I was at lunch today. Uh, I couldn't hear the sound, but like Robert Kraft's in it. They show like when Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator for Parcells. Like Sports Illustrated articles about him. Like it's going to be super intriguing. Greg's told me. Uh, he doesn't really know too much about the documentary itself, but he knows at least the two guys really don't like each other that all too much. And I don't think so. That not that much anymore, right? Yeah, and it, I mean, for those that don't know the whole backstory of the two, he was Bel- he was 
Parcells is coordinator. Then there's the whole, is he going, you know, is he taking over for Parcells, the Jets? And then he was the Jets coach for what, 12 hours before he went to the Patriots? He literally like, was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all crazy of how it all goes. I wonder how the Browns fits into it. Cause that was his job before the Jets. Uh, he was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Um, and, you know, aside from that, there's, you know, obvious football news. The the Alex Smith trade went through Tuesday night, which I think we all were shocked by. Uh, if you're a Redskins fan, you got to be really upset by that. Um, not official until March. Uh, do you have any quick thoughts on that before we wrap it up? I mean, just mediocre quarterbacks changing teams, paying way too much money. Good quarterbacks, I guess. You Where know? do you think Kirk Cousins ends up? I mean, if anybody's smart, they don't give him a big deal. So no. I guess we'll see. I mean – I feel like the Jets are going to throw a lot of money at them. Maybe, maybe um, so that maybe their landing spot. I, I don't think that's the right move, but uh, you know, I I just don't particularly think he's he's that great. Um, uh, good enough either. to pay a long term big money deal. If the Broncos think that this is their only shot, that would be my other big landing spot. So I would say Jets and Broncos are my two favorites. Anywhere else, I think would make a lot of sense. The Browns, I don't think, are ready to make that kind of move. A dark horse for you, by the way, if Cousins thinks they could win, would be the the Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, not the Tampa Bay, um, the Arizona Cardinals. Interesting. They, you know, they they've In, got nothing sure. right now. That That's that cupboard is completely bare. So it's a bold move, but you know, if they if they think that they can win and they can figure out how to get them under the price tag, they've already got some offensive talent and they've got a pretty good defense. There'd be a good landing spot uh, for him there. I like it. I like it a lot, but I think that's going to do it for us. You know, like I said, no, we're not going to cover the the hoops of the, the hockey this week. We're going to come back. There's some baseball news that, that we'll, you know, we'll be covering as uh, we get closer and closer to spring training. But like I said, just go to the site, check it out. I wrote a Phillies blog this week. That's how we kicked it off uh, Super Bowl week. Keep an eye out. I know uh, we're both, we both have a couple ideas of stuff we want to work on for the rest of the week, especially before Matt, uh, gets off on a, his business trip or takes off, I should say. Exactly. Uh, but Matt, thank you as always. This is a ton of fun. I'm go glad. Birds. Uh, go birds. Go birds, man. I'm glad we were able to at least think out loud. My heart's still going to explode. So, I mean, you, you at least this okay. much less now you help. Right. So take, right. take some sauces, this, this much less bad radio, but I'm holding it. Barely separating my thumb and my index finger for those who <laughs> listen to the audio. But like I said, that's going to do it for us. Go check us out on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlog Sports are the handles on both Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to follow Matt on his trip to Minneapolis uh, and St. Paul. People always forget St. Paul. The um, Twin Cities up there, right? Twin Cities. Yeah. Check out Mall of America. Let's get a mall review. I'm going. Uh, that's your I'm assignment. Going. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. Ride the roller coaster. I want to hear about that. Anyway, uh, go thunderbugsports.com. But that's going to do it for this week on the Fun V Tailgate. Go check us out on iTunes, the bullpen cart. That's the name of the feed. Go subscribe. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G Man. Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Let's go. Go, birds. Go, birds.